Hey friends, thank you guys so much for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. It's part three of our season titled Rewind, and today our topic is Are You Ghosting God? Thank you guys so much for joining in today as we continue on our past, present, and future series. We're still in the first section of this series in a season titled Rewind, where we're focusing on the past. We're looking back into the Old Testament, discussing some classic Bible stories there, and pulling out some spiritual truths. If you missed part two of the Rewind season, then I recommend you check that out. Uh, In the last episode, we discussed breaking the cycle of defeat. We looked into the story of Samson and dug into that a little bit, and and gain some insight on how we today can break the cycle of defeat. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the question, are you ghosting God? And we'll be looking at the story of Jonah in the Old Testament as our source material today. Jonah, or as some call the wrong way prophet, has such a great story and it really has so many lessons we can pull from it, just like every other Bible story, specifically in the Old Testament, which is what we're focusing on right now. There are so many lessons in those classic stories that we can pull from. So I recently taught this subject of Are You Ghosting God in our youth group many months ago. And as I began working through this season, I thought this would be a great topic to tie into the Rewind series. So I hope you enjoy it today. And just like the last couple episodes, I want to start by reading a few verses from the book of Jonah, and then I will summarize the remainder of the story that we're going to be discussing today. Okay, so we're going to start in Jonah chapter 1 verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. What interesting city names, right? Tarshish and Nineveh. (laughs) Um, Now the story continues. Um, Um, saying that, you know, Jonah boarded the ship um, going to Tarshish. Now, God told him to go to Nineveh, but pay attention to this. God told him to go to Nineveh, but he arose and and boarded the ship to go to Tarshish instead. Now, after Jonah boarded the ship, a violent storm came against the ship. The storm threatened to break the ship apart. The crewmen, fearing for their lives, shouted to their gods. Notice that. We'll come back to that in a little bit. The crewmen, fearing for their lives, shouted to their gods for help as they they threw cargo overboard to lighten the ship's load. When all this was going on, Jonah was down in the bottom of the ship asleep. So the captain went down after Jonah, asking him to wake up and, and, you know, proceeded to ask him how could he sleep at a time like this. The captain instructed Jonah to get up and pray to his God that maybe he will pay attention to, to us and spare our lives. That's what the captain said to Jonah. The crew then began to discuss amongst each other and cast lots on who had offended the gods to cause such a terrible storm. Now, when Jonah got involved in this, the lots that they had cast had identified Jonah to be the culprit of the reason that this storm was going on. They asked Jonah who he was and what his occupation was. They just, you know, proceeded to interrogate him a little bit there. And Jonah replied that he was a Hebrew and that he worshiped the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and land. Jonah also told them that he was running away from God. The sailors were terrified of this. And since the storm continued getting worse, they contemplated amongst themselves what they should do to stop the storm. And Jonah had volunteered to them to to throw him into the sea and 
and the storm would calm knowing that the storm was due to his own actions. The sailors, you know, eventually cried out to Jonah's God, asking for mercy that they too not die due to Jonah's sins. So they decided to pick Jonah up, throw him into the sea, and once they did that, the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by this and offered God a sacrifice and vowed to serve him turning away from their idol gods. And then Jonah was swallowed by a great fish and was inside the fish for three days and three nights. And in chapter 2, Jonah prays to God from inside the fish and God ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Then God spoke to Jonah again and told him to go to Nineveh and deliver the message that he had given to him. And at this time, Jonah obeyed God. He decided that, you know, he wasn't going to run from God anymore and uh, went about his journey to travel to Nineveh. It took him three days to get there. And upon his arrival, Jonah declared to the city and shouted to the crowds that in 40 days Nineveh would be destroyed because of her sin. The people of Nineveh listened to the message that that God had delivered through Jonah and decided to fast and show their sorrow, to turn from their wicked ways. And when God saw how the people reacted and how the people put a stop to their evil ways, God changed his mind on judgment and did not carry out the destruction that he had initially threatened. We'll stop there with the story of Jonah. So I want to focus in on a couple things here. You know, many people write off this story of Jonah as being a great metaphor or just simply fiction, you know. The thought of Jonah getting eaten by a whale or a big fish, you know, as the Bible puts it. But I think it is worth noting that Jesus believed in the story of Jonah. And he talks about the story in Matthew chapter 12. And Jesus describes the story of Jonah and says that just as Jonah was put in the fish for three days and three nights, so would the Son of Man, or Jesus, referring to himself, be in the earth for three days and nights, alluding to his own death and resurrection. So Jesus believed in the story and believed that it was historically genuine, so I believe we should as well. So today we're going to address the question, are we ghosting God? And before we get into this, let's first define the term ghosting, in case any of you are unaware. The term ghosting means the practice of suddenly ending all contact with a person without explanation, especially in relationships. Ghosting is basically disappearing from someone's life, usually a person with whom you've had a significant connection with without providing, you know, any explanation. They just drop off the face of the earth. Communication is blocked and ignored. Now, at some point in our life, many of us have heard the story of Jonah and the whale, I'm sure. It's a very popular uh, Bible story, but one thing we probably don't focus on too much is how Jonah totally ghosted God. The New Living Translation says in verse 2 that God said to Jonah, get up and go to Nineveh. There really wasn't a question there. It was more of a demand. God told Jonah, get up and go to Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. God specifically told Jonah, I need you to do something for me. But in verse 3, the New Living Translation says, Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. The first three verses of the book of Jonah, we read God specifically giving instruction to Jonah and Jonah's response is really not a response at all. He doesn't even reply to God. Jonah instead just gets up and goes in the opposite direction of Nineveh heading towards Tarshish. Jonah didn't want to have anything to do with what God had told him. Jonah ghosted God. So today I want to ask us, how many times have we ghosted God in our own lives? You may ask, well, how can we in today's world ghost God? Well, I think about these following things to answer that question. Have you ever been angry at God? Maybe something happened in your life that you feel 
feel like wasn't fair to you. So as a result, you blame God and become angry with him. Maybe we ignore God because we royally messed up on something. So we try to hide. Remember in Genesis 3 when Adam and Eve sinned against God by eating of the forbidden fruit. God came down and walked in the garden and called out for Adam and Eve. But they were hiding from him. They were ashamed because of their sin. They deliberately disobeyed God's instructions. And as a result of their disobedience, they were ashamed and they hid from him. Do we ever do that to God as well? I would challenge that, yes, sometimes we may do that. Um, It's just human nature. Maybe we ghost God because we get too busy in our lives and just fail to find time for Him. We become busy with school, our friends, work, family, extracurricular activities, recreational activities, or maybe things are just going so good in our lives that we don't feel the need to pray. Um, And then when chaos strikes our family, we find ourselves quickly on our knees praying for God to fix the situation or intervene. You know, I speak to that because I'm guilty of that as well. This has happened to me in my in my life, where I may still pray to God in the good times, but the fire isn't there, or the sense of urgency, or the diligence isn't there to be consistent and not be complacent by it. And then when chaos hits, I find myself making time to pray in greater diligence and fervency. But this is not right, and this is not how we should live. We should pray in the good times and bad. He's God when we're on the mountain, and he's God when we're in the valley. Or maybe another reason we ghost God, as one writer put it, we just really don't find God as a priority in our life. Today, so instead we ghost him, even though we know in our hearts we should be praying, we should be, you know, reading his word, seeking him, and and worshiping him. Or like Jonah, maybe we ghost God when we feel in our spirit that there is something we should be doing, but instead we don't do it deliberately because we don't want to or because it might make us uncomfortable. Maybe some other ways we ghost God is by not coming to church or by not wanting to come to church or by making excuses as to why we can't make it to a church service. And we know that attending church in and of itself is not, you know, a righteous act, but we should go to church because we want to grow closer with God. That's why we go. We don't go to try to meet some check mark in our spiritual list of things we need to do to make us feel good on the inside. That's not the spirit of why we want to go to church or why we should go to church. You know, we want to go because we want to grow closer to Him and because we want to deepen our relationship with Him, or at least that's what our motivation should be in in attending church. Yet if we attend church weekly and do not mature and continue living a life of sin and do not grow closer with God, then that isn't right either. So we have to understand what is our true motivation for going, why do we want to go, and maybe sometimes we go Scott in a deliberate act to not go to church. But just because we're at church doesn't mean our hearts are with them, so I just want to balance that there as well. So in the natural sense, we hear about ghosting a lot in the realm of relationships, platonic or romantic relationships. Someone being ghosted finds that their texts, you know, get no reply. Their calls get no answer. Um, They get no callbacks. We see that people are reading our direct messages on our social media platforms, but they aren't responding back to us. How does that make you feel when this happens to you? Or if it's never happened in your life before, imagine how you would feel if you reach out to a friend or a significant other and realize that they're never going to respond to you. So, If you think about how that would make you feel, then I I challenge you to consider this. How do you think God feels when his word to us goes unanswered? Think about this. Have you ever considered that God, the creator of the heaven and the earth, the one who literally spoke into nothingness and created everything we see around us, this God who still sits on a throne in heaven and has angels praising him every day, never ending, since the beginning of creation and will continue praising him for all of eternity, the God who can be everywhere at all times 
times hear every prayer from every person simultaneously and be aware of everything that's going on across the entire globe. The God who can raise people from the dead, heal the blind, split the Red Sea, shut the mouths of lions, and cause the walls of Jericho to fall. This God has a desire for us to talk to him and respond when he talks to us. He cares about what bothers you. He cares about what you say or don't say back to him. He cares about whether or not you spend time with him. Yet instead, we seem to be a generation that is too worried about how many likes we have on our Instagram pictures and how many followers we have on social media, rather than being concerned about the strength of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. But specifically to the young people out there, let me tell you this. There is nothing cooler, there is nothing that stands you apart greater than having a person your age be able to stand up in complete confidence to their friends and family and say, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. So there are many lessons we can learn from Jonah and how Jonah ghosted God and what we can pull from that to help us in our daily lives as well. So the first point I want to make is that God knows you have a gift and he wants to use it. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh, but God knows what you are capable of doing better than we know ourselves. Now, we talked about this in the last episode. We discussed Samson and how his gift of strength was to be used for God's glory. But today, we're going to talk about the point a little bit more, but through the lens of Jonah. Jonah had a gift inside him as well, just like Samson, just like you, and just like me. The gift the Lord had planted in him, the gift of being a mouthpiece to deliver God's message to the people. God wanted to use Jonah to preach repentance to the city of Nineveh. We didn't really get into the last chapter of Jonah's story, but the people of Nineveh, you know, was an enemy to Israel, and Jonah had reluctance to to want to preach repentance to Nineveh for several several reasons. We didn't really get into that because that's not really the point of the message today. Um, but jo- the book of Jonah is only four chapters, so it's a real easy read. If you're interested, go back and check that out. But in the end, God used the word he gave to Jonah to turn the hearts of the people of Nineveh. If Jonah never went to Nineveh, then destruction may have and probably likely would have hit that city. But that wasn't God's desire. Our desires don't always line up with God's desires, but God always knows what's best. Jonah's ability, Jonah's gift, and even through initial refusal, in the end, his obedience caused many people in Nineveh to turn their sight toward God. Jonah at first did not understand God's decision to grant mercy to the city, and you know what we left out in chapter 4 was Jonah's reaction to God's decision and his mercy, but God challenged Jonah to understand his perspective on having mercy on 120,000 people that were in the city. So my point in saying all this is that what is outlined in the last episode in regards to our gift is that you have a gift, you have a purpose and a use for God's kingdom, and you don't know what a difference your gift can cause to your generation until you activate it. If God is telling you to go to Nineveh, then go to Nineveh. You don't know what is in store for you there, but failing to act and respond will only cause more problems for you. He knows what's best, and he knows that he's working things out for your own good. It's his desire for the gift he has placed inside of you to be activated and to be used to benefit the kingdom. God has made each and every one of us unique in 
our own way, yet we're all connected in the sense that we can all use the gift that God has planted in us to help grow and help benefit the kingdom of God. Jonah's gift caused mercy to fall on 120,000 people. Without Jonah being obedient may have resulted in destruction of that city. All all 120,000 people may have faced judgment. Sometimes obedience to God requires us to do things we're not comfortable with. Sometimes obedience to God requires us to do things we really don't want to do. But rest assured that God will be with you along the way. And walking in obedience is so much better than spending three days and three nights in the stomach of a fish, right? (laughs) So the second point is, even if you've messed up, you can still fix it. Jonah in his story, clearly made a bad decision. Jonah chose to ghost God. Jonah chose to go in the completely opposite direction where God had told him to go. And unfortunately, he learned his lesson the hard way. If today you have made wrong decisions, if you have gone left when you know you should have gone right, if you have been disobedient by living the life that you want to live and doing the things that you want to do, rather than living the life that God wants you to live and doing the things that God wants you to do, then let me offer you some encouragement in this episode today. You may be on your way to Tarshish instead of Nineveh, but it's not too late to turn around. Turn around before you find yourself in the belly of a fish. Recognize the fact that you may be ghosting God and decide that it is time for you to answer his call. You have a purpose in your life. You have a reason for still being here today, and it is because you have something to say or it is because you have something to do. And instead of trying to go do it in Tarshish like Jonah did, instead of trying to go left instead of going right like God had told him to do, recognize the fact that you are not where you belong today and it's time to stop ghosting God, to turn in the opposite direction, and to use the gift that God has placed inside of you and answer the call that God has placed on your life by fulfilling your mission in his will versus your own. And the last point I want to talk about is that God can use the storms of our lives to witness to other people. I read an article on richlyblessedtoday.com and this article discussed some of the lessons we can learn from Jonah's life. One of the points it discusses is how God can use the storms of our lives to witness to others. The author June Imparo, I hope I'm stating his name correctly, states this, God sends storms to get our attention. He allows others to suffer because of our sin, and he sends someone to challenge us. In this case, in the case of Jonah, the captain woke up Jonah while he was sleeping on in the bottom of the ship and told him to start praying. The storm is an opportunity to introduce God and tell the people why there is a storm. The people of the world may not want our sermons, but when the storms of life come, they definitely want our prayers. Notice how in this story, Jonah was asleep during the storm. He wasn't aware that the storm was even raging on at the time, and the ship's captain had to go down there to the bottom of the ship and wake him up. When Jonah woke up, he knew immediately why the storm was there and recognized that he was the reason others were suffering because of the storm. But even through Jonah's storm, and as a result of Jonah's ultimate, you know, disobedience, the sailors of the ship repented and turned from their idol gods and turned to the God of Israel. God was even able to make Jonah's disobedience be turned around for his glory. God uses storms to get our attention. And this may be hard to hear, but he allows things sometimes to happen that we can't explain to either test us and see what we're made of or to cause him to get the glory in the midst of the storm. This may seem confusing to us, but 
but his ways are not our ways and his ways are higher than our ways. He always has a reason behind the season that you're in today. We may never understand it and honestly, sometimes we don't need to understand it. We just need to place our faith in God. A lot of bad things happen to Job for example. And I talked about Job. I think it was in our very first episode we discussed Job's story. And if you are unfamiliar with that story, I recommend you go back and check that out. Uh, Job's story has a lot to to learn from there as well as it pertains to suffering and and testing of our faith and, and all of that. But Job overcame his obstacles. And the thing about the story is that God allowed those bad things to happen to Job and it tested his faith. God works in mysterious ways. So take Jonah, for example. Even during this storm, God's actions and circumstances around Jonah's choices caused the sailors of that ship to repent and turn to God. And that's an awesome uh, testimony right there to, to the way God works out all things for the good, even when we don't understand it. Jonah surely faced discipline for his lack of obedience, so let's not forget that. But the sailors were able to see the storm for what it truly was. Also notice, as the author put it, that God will sometimes send people across your path to wake you up. Maybe you may not fully understand the ramifications of your decisions or understand the weight of the storm that you are being faced with. And when we find ourselves in this in these situations, I believe God will send someone across your path to wake you up and let you know that there's a storm coming and to urge you to pray, to tell you that God is speaking to you, to tell you that you may have made the wrong turn, but your story's not over yet. You may have ghosted God or you may be ghosting God right now, but you still have a mission to fulfill. You still have a purpose in your life. Your story is not over yet. Maybe going to Nineveh is uncomfortable. Maybe you want to go left when you know God's telling you to go right. But remember, when you go right, maybe there will be a people that you can witness to and save lives. Maybe there will be a mission that you can go to to cause some evil thing to not happen. You never know why God is telling you to do a certain thing. we got to be obedient, even when it's uncomfortable. Your story is not over yet. It's time to wake up today. It's time to go back to Nineveh and work out the calling God has on your life for the glory of God. Friends, I hope that you found encouragement in today's episode. I hope you're enjoying this rewind season. We're continuing to look backwards into the Old Testament, pulling from some classic stories that we all know and love and revisiting them to pull some spiritual applications for our lives today. We're getting close to wrapping up this season and then we're gonna move forward into the present in a season we're calling play and pause. And then beyond that, we're gonna move to the future and talk about fast forwarding to see what God has in store for us in the future as well. So we're going places, friends. I hope you continue to tune in to these episodes in the future. We got a lot of things to talk about, and I pray again that you have found uh, encouragement and, and blessing in these episodes as I know that I have as I go back and prepare for these episodes and remind myself of some of these stories and how wonderful God is and how he always works things out for the good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Guys, stay strong in the faith. I look forward to talking to you next time.